Boss Man Show. We have a great show for you this week. Uh, right now, we're on the road traveling with Tennessee Titans and the Atlanta Falcons. But now, we have some time today to talk to the one and only from Houston Chronicle, Mr. John McClain, a great football writer, guy I've been listening to for many years. You know, I'm 29. He's been the big game longer than I've been alive. But I've been a kid. So, John, good having the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. I want to ask you about our Falcons uh, here, John. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of fool's gold in our win last week against the Oakland Raiders. I feel like the team is not as good as people think they are. Are we okay getting a pass rush right now with Vic Beasley? The White Friend is our best pass rusher right now. And Matt Ryan, to me, still struggling with the Cal Shanahan offense. You had it down in Houston. So do you, what's your feeling about the Falcons, Falcons overall? Well, first of all, I don't know why anybody would think they were a great team after the first game. And then, of course, they did go to Oakland, and that surprised everybody. Most people around the country thought after losing to the Bucks, they'd be 0-2, and they and they bounced back. And when Kyle was running the offense here, it was really good all the time. And uh, I know they started 5-0 and last year. I remember they just beat the heck out of the Texans, and I was stunned that they hit that low in the middle of the season and didn't go on to, if not win the division, at least compete for a wild card. But uh, it, this is a season which Matt Ryan, the second season should be one in which they've adjusted to each other. It's kind of like the second year of a marriage is a lot easier than the first. So I'm eager to see how they do, if they can go on the road and win another game against that chief rival Saints. Yes, yeah, it's always a tough game for those guys playing down in the Superdome. I feel like I now be personally, I had them going zero and six. To be honest with you, <laughs> to be honest with you, because that zero <laughs> and six. Yes, I, I, I saw Buccaneers at home. I said that's that's going to be a loss. I thought Oakland after that game last week a loss. Then at New Orleans always tough for those guys. Then you have to go out. Then you got to play Carolina at home. Then playing Denver and Seattle. I, I didn't see them win the game say they played the Chargers on the twenty third. To be honest with you, you know. <laughs> Well, the one of those that looks like it's the toughest would be Denver. Seattle struggling offensively. Depends on how long uh, Russell Wilson's out. Doesn't seem like it's going to be long based on what he tweeted last night. But those would be the two toughest because Carolina, it's amazing how the defending Super Bowl champions usually have a hangover. None have been back to the Super Bowl since the Bills in the early 90s. And then now the Panthers are off to a terrible start. So what looked like a tough game early on is not, and that division's wide open for anybody. Exactly. And that's the good thing about this division is that, hey, if the Saints were to win tonight, which is possible, and the, 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 everybody in the division will be one and two. We're, they're all to be even again, so it's a race to who can get the top of the division. And when you look at all four of those teams together, John, do you feel like – that the Falcons are maybe second, second or third in that in that race, or what do you think? Think, 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 think see them kind of falling in that race with that division? After watching Tampa Bay get beat by the Rams, there's no way I would put anybody tied with the Bucks. Saints could be zero and three, and I would still have them better than the Buccaneers to allow the Rams to score thirty-seven points. It doesn't get much worse than that. And uh, I, uh, we have to still say Carolina's the best team because the Panthers went 15-1 and won and lost the Super Bowl. But anybody that gets hot, that division might be won with an 8-8 eight eight record. 
you're right about that. And I, I, I can recall, wasn't it one at seven, eight, and one in, four, in 14 by the Panthers? Is that, is that Am I remembering correctly on that one? Seven, Panthers won at seven, eight, and one the year before they went 15 and one. <laughs> exactly, folks. We're joined by John McClain of the Houston Chronicle here on the John the Boss Man Show. Another team we, we talk about here a lot, John, is the, the Jaguars. And they may play the Texans, who you cover primarily down in Houston. And we thought they would have a good year this year. That they've made a year three, they made progress, but it seems like after three games, the same old, same old. And Brett and Blake Bortles is just regressing and not progressing. So, what do you feel like what's going on in Jacksonville? And they have to go to London this week to play that here. The Colts who are struggling as well. So, how do you feel about the Jags in that AFC South right now? I believe that uh, I saw where Gus Bradley's records like. 12-39. They're 0-3 for the third time in four years. People have to be devastated in Jacksonville because they had their hopes so much. But I will say this. Their defense is not going to be great right off the bat, despite Jalen Ramsey, Dante Fowler, and Miles Jack and Malik Jackson. That just doesn't happen. It takes time. And um, it might be too late. Blake Bortles has six interceptions. And he is he is taking a step back, not a step forward. Last year, you thought after I think he threw thirty eight or thirty five touchdown passes, and that they had to fix their offensive line. They've had injuries in their offensive line that's contributed to it. They signed Chris Ivory, thousand yard rusher from the Jets, to go with T.J. Yeldon. Uh, he he was had a mysterious illness that caused caused him to be hospitalized, missed the first two games. So they struggled on both sides of the ball. They've lost it great to Green Bay at home. Then they went to San Diego and got beat. Now, losing this heartbreaker on a 54-yard field goal to Baltimore, another home loss. I know that's the toughest thing for a coach is when you have high expectations and you get off to the exact opposite start, trying to keep your players from going, oh, no, here we go again. And it's you have to treat it like 16 one-game seasons and get them to put it in their rearview mirror or just forget about it totally and move on to the next one. And I don't know if Gus Bradley can do that. He got a one-year extension. He's a really popular coach with the players and the media. But at some point, that got to make improvement, and they haven't done it. Exactly. I feel like he's in trouble. I feel like, you know, also that division, Chuck Pagano's in trouble as well. If if they lost in San Diego, I say zero and three. I could see Ursay just having a reaction and firing the guy because he just fires off like that real quick. And also that division the, with Malarkey, who was here in Atlanta with Mike Smith, I feel like he's in trouble. He's on a three year contract. He's in trouble as well. So that division, a lot of trouble. That division, all things steady. Is your Texans in that division right now? The the Titans had a chance if they had beaten Oakland at home to be two and one and they come to Houston where Houston's two and one after that embarrassing 27, nothing loss in Thursday night at new England. And, but the Titans lost. They're the only, it's amazing. Oakland had given up more than 500 yards in each of the first two games. The Titans host the Raiders and score 10 points. And that is not enough. So they lose by seven. They're one and two tied with the Colts for second Colts had to, have a 63-yard touchdown pass from Andrew Luck to T.Y. Hilton to win that game with 103 left. And and um, and then the Texans, you know, the, 
our divisions, the AFC South and the NFC South, are the pond scum of the NFL. <laughs> yes. And last year it was the AFC South and the NFC East, but now the NFC East with the three O Eagles, two one Cowboys, two one Giants, one two Redskins has become one of the best again. While the AFC South is still languishing at the bottom because the quarterbacks are not playing the way they should. Marcus Mariota has seven turnovers in three games, including three fumbles. So the quarterbacks of of that group, Andrew Luck has played the best, of course, and he should because he's the best quarterback. But Mariota is struggling early in his second season. Um, Blake Bortles has regressed in his third season. Blake, I mean, Brock Osweiler is in his third start. He has four interceptions, three of which were his fault. He's also had a bunch of drop passes. And he's a work in progress behind an offensive line that's not very good at all. And uh, they're struggling to run the ball. So each team has its problems. The first one that works its way out should be the one to win the AFC South. Exactly. And folks, joined by John McClain here on the Boss Man Show. Now, John, let me ask you something about the Dallas Cowboys right there in Texas. Dak Prescott is playing out of his mind right now. And Tony Romo is maybe five weeks away from coming back against the Eagles on Sunday Night Football, from what the reports say. Does Romo get his job back, or is it kind of a like Brady and Bledsoe where Dak just overtakes Romo, and Romo is there to be the backup for the rest of the season because they're, they're, they're so hot with Dak right now? Well, they're going to tell Tony take his time, make sure he's 100%. And we don't know. It depends on how Prescott's playing. They're all saying the right thing things it's Romo's team Prescott says it's Romo's team he's saying everything he should say but if the time comes and they're in first place or tied for first place or even if they're not in first place if he's playing well and they're winning it's going to be tough to go back to them Romo's problem has been in the playoffs not regular season his issue in regular season is staying healthy so I would imagine that Jerry Jones will make that decision over Jason Garrett with input from Garrett and his son, Stephen, I think Jerry, my opinion is he'll go back to Romo and then it'll be a short time before Romo gets hurt again. And Prescott will be back for good. Hey, yeah. I think that's I, I watching last night. I liked how that gives you the opportunity to actually run and be a mobile quarterback. Romo's been in the pocket. He's not going too many places. He's mobile in the pocket. But he's not going to run for a first down or get a work off 14-yard run. So Dak is actually going through progressions, actually. He's actually controlling the offense, which is which for me, I think, going to be in Mississippi State, he learned how to actually be a quarterback, not just a shotgun, spread guy, throw the ball. He actually was reading defenses, playing against that, that, in that you know, SEC West division against Alabama, those type of teams. I'm sure every time he takes off, they hold their breath because they can't afford to have him get hurt, too. Because remember, he was a third-string quarterback. Kellen Moore, the backup, got hurt first, and Romo went down second. So they cannot afford to have Dak Prescott get hurt. And the best way that to happen for him is to be running recklessly. He took a shot last night instead of sliding, but usually rookies have to learn the hard way. And uh, some still don't learn, like Robert Griffin the third. You know, he's in his fourth, let's say, twelfth or fifth year, and he still hadn't learned how to run uh, except recklessly. And hopefully Prescott will learn that real quick because they need him to stay in the lineup. If he does, they're going to challenge Philadelphia and maybe New York for the division title. 
If I want for you, John, I've been asking all my guests this year about this question, about the Georgia Dome. What is your fondest moment of the Georgia Dome here in this last year? What is your fondest moment of seeing the Falcons play here in Atlanta at, at that place, the Georgia Dome? Um, the, the Mine is watching Michael Vick play because Michael Vick, to me, is still, because of his running ability. You know, Michael was a running back playing quarterback since he was a kid because he could throw the ball so far. And when he threw, I was always disappointed. I wanted to see him run. I used to think, what could he do if he ran 20 times a game? And watching Vic when the Falcons were good and he took them, I can't remember, I was there covering playoff, a couple of playoff games, and he always, from the time he was a redshirt freshman, playing against Florida State in the Sugar Bowl. That's the first time I noticed him. He always just, he'd take my breath away. This is 38 years I've done this, and I've seen a lot of quarterbacks who could run, and we're exciting. Everybody talks about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's 6'3", and so he'll never, he won't have the explosiveness that Vic had. Every time Vic ran, I mean, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. So being in the Georgia Dome, Watching him run, the Falcons win under Jim Mora, and the crowd always going crazy. That was my best memory. Well, John, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to talking to you down the road. Like I said, I've been a big fan of you for years. I grew up listening to you when I was in Nazareth with my, with my mother in the summertime. So you've been, you've been a group, especially for me, because I talked to you on my show. It's been, it's been an honor and a pleasure today. It's my pleasure. Anytime, have a safe trip to New Orleans. All right, folks, this is John McClain on the Boss Man Show. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play. 
illstreetrex.com and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind. ENT. Believe in it. Get it. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle talking about the Texans and Titans. Now we're talking about the Panthers and Falcons coming up this weekend at the Georgia Dome. We're joined by Charlotte Observer, beat writer for the Panthers, Joe Person here on the Boss Man Show. Joe, how you doing this evening, sir? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. No problem, Joe. I'll tell you, Joe, I, I've been listening to sports radio here in town the past couple of days talking about how the Panthers are down and the Falcons are rising up, as they say here, that the Falcons win this division. I want to pump the brakes on that, Joe, because you cover the Panthers, and I thought the Panthers have lost to some two good defenses in Minnesota and in Denver and could have won against Denver had Graham Gano made a kick. So is it not as too soon as kind of panic on the Panthers and say the Panthers are broken now and the Falcons are rising up? So what's your feeling about the division so far, Joe? Yeah, I think I think you're right that, that you don't want to go to sleep on the Panthers uh, quite yet. This is a team that this is a team that um, is clearly built for the, the, the to be successful right now. Uh, Cam Newton had a bad game, of course, against the Vikings. He was under constant pressure, but as you said, the Vikings looked to me like one of the best defenses in the league. And, oh, by the way, so are the Broncos, as, as you mentioned. So uh, the, the Panthers, and, and that's not taking anything away from the Falcons. I think, I think they've looked great offensively. Uh, but, boy, it, it sure feels like uh, that, that the Panthers' offense could, should be able to move the ball and score some points Sunday in the Georgia Dome. Yes, Joe, I feel like the Falcons played this cover three. And uh, let's be honest about it. They gave up points to Oakland as well. They gave up points to Tampa Bay, who, who beat them. And last night against the Saints, I mean, they scored 30, 32 points on that cover three defense. So I feel like Cam Newton with Kelvin Benjamin and those guys, Funches, Ginn, out there with Greg Olson, can attack the cover three defense and kind of heal themselves and get healthy on the Falcons defense. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you. The Panthers have have had a lot of success against the Falcons uh, in recent years. Now, uh, we all remember and, and know what happened last year down there when the, the Falcons ruined the Panthers' uh, perfect season. It was a very inspired defensive effort. I, I still remember Vic Beasley getting that sack on Cam Newton that kind of ended the Panthers' comeback chances right at the very end of that game. Uh, I think he beat Mike Remmers in uh, the right tackle. Kind of was a little preview of, of Mike Remmers, uh, of uh, his struggles against the speed rush that became very apparent in the Super Bowl loss to, to Von Miller. But having said all that, I, I just, you know, the Panthers are healthy. They, they, they really haven't had, at this point, any major injuries. I mean, uh, is there a little bit of a hangover after the 15 and one and the Super Bowl season last year? Maybe. Yeah. I, 
I, I felt like they looked a little complacent against the Vikings, but but I I still think uh, you know just given first of all the offensive weapons you mentioned, I, I do you know there are some holes on the offensive line. Good oh, yes, physical, I agree with that. Michael Orr especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've seen it, but anyway, point being, I still think the Panthers are the team to beat in the NFC South. Yes, indeed. Folks, are joined by Joe Hurston, Charlotte Observer here on the Jared the Boss Man Show, previewing. Falcons and Panthers, we get the Georgia Dome. Now, like I said about the, about the line, Joe, I feel like they should do a little bit more three-step dropping cam rather than five-step, seven-step trying to get guys down the field so much, maybe attack the intermediate short zones and get Ginn the ball that way in space, Benjamin the ball in that space, Greg Olson, of course. And, you know, I feel like look, when Jonathan Stewart gets healthy, they'll be a little bit okay more efficient on offense. Yeah, that's that was that's a great point. They the Vikings were able to make the Panthers a little bit one dimensional last weekend without Jonathan Stewart. They were trying to Panthers tried to do backfield by committee, and it, you know that the, their backs are okay. It, it's funny. A couple of years ago, the Panthers were criticized for spending too much money on their running backs back when they had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Now they're a little lean at that running back position after you take Jonathan Stewart out of the mix. They've got uh, a guy named Fozzie Whitaker, who's kind of been a career journeyman. Uh, Mike Tolbert's really more of a fullback, a blocking back. And then Cameron Artis Payne, who, who started last week and probably will start again this week, is a second year back out of uh, Auburn. Good enough, but, but he's not a guy that's going to really make defenses uh, scheme for. Now, Joe, I saw where the Panthers signed Michael Griffin, which scares me because I see him playing in Tennessee. <laughs> Wasn't that great? You know? right. so I'm scared about that. You sign, and, you know, you signed long because of the injury on the line. So do you feel like the defense is the way it was last year can get better? And do you feel like with Griffin being on the roster, kind of take that spot that it will be a little bit of having a little bit better because I'm worried about that having Griffin there. I know he had Finnegan last year who kind of did some things. So, so defense in your mind, okay, or should I actually need to get a little bit more pass rush? That's the problem. That, that To me, that that was the area this offseason that they, they did not address. They, they, they decided to bring back Charles Johnson, who's getting very long in the tooth. They brought him back on a uh, kind of a prove-it deal, a one-year team-friendly deal. They, they, their, their hope was that Coney Ely, who had that terrific performance in the Super Bowl, three sacks, one interception, forced fumble. I mean, he was. I mean, he would have been the MVP if the Panthers had won that game. Well, guess what? He's he hadn't had a sack yet this year, and neither has Charles Johnson. So they've had zero production out of their two starting defensive ends. And then Kwan Short, their Pro Bowl defensive tackle, he doesn't have his first sack yet. So. That, and I keep hearing, oh, we're, we've been playing teams that get the ball out fast. Sam Bradford got the ball out fast. Trevor Simeon, all this kind of stuff. Blaine Gabbert. Well, this this has been a team that traditionally has been able – the Panthers have been able to get pass rush on Matt Ryan. As you well know, Falcons do a lot of five, some seven-step drop stuff. Uh, if the Panthers don't get a pass rush this week, then they're in trouble. Exactly. Let's flip it around, Joe. The Falcons pass rush. 
I feel like Dwight Freeney is their best rusher, and that's a problem when Dwight Freeney is your <laughs> best rusher. You know, I mean, I mean, you got to Drew Brees last night a couple times, but then you got to get a, a safety, a corner blitz to get to him as well. So, you know, Dan Quinn does not like does, does not like the blitz at all. He likes to play at four down linemen, cover three, single high safety, however you want to look at it. Do you feel like that the lack of Falcon pass rush, because, you know, with Beasley and Freeney and those guys, do you think they'll allow, like I said, the Panthers line, which is not the best, kind of middle of the pack, to open up some lanes for Artis Payne or Fozzie and get Camps to run absolutely as well? Yeah, I think more the latter. I don't know how I, – I, I guess their running game might be effective. But like I said, I think I think they're going to keep continue to miss Jonathan Stewart for the month or so that he's probably going to be sidelined with that hamstring. But I do think that the Panthers feel like they they ought to be able to protect Cam uh, a lot better this week. I mean, as you mentioned, they I don't think they view the Falcons. They're not going to say this publicly, but I don't think they view the Falcons' D to be on that same level as Minnesota or Denver, and and nor should they. There, it's a, that's night and day. So, but the Falcons can still do some things. Like I said, I would expect them to get Vic Beasley involved in the pass rush because of the, the success he had last year, matching up against Mike Remmers coming off the edge. Uh, so it it is certainly not a given that the Panthers' offensive line is going to play well, especially after what we saw last week. But I think they'll play better. You know what? You know what was crazy last year, Joe was when I felt like it was half Panther fans at the dome last year when that, when that, that big game. It was more Panthers fans than it was Falcon fans. I really didn't see how they, they you got Trevor real well down to Atlanta when they played, they played the Falcons. So do you think it'll be like a, this week a split house again? Half Panthers, half Falcon fans in the dome this week. That's a great question. Uh, you'd probably have a better feel for that than I would. I guess it depends on. You know how much uh, the Falcons fans are going to protect that house and see see if they're going to be selling their tickets because the Panthers will come down. You're you're right; it's an easy drive down down I-85, uh, so they'll come scoop up the tickets if there's some to be had. But I don't think it'll be quite like last year, just just because of the momentum that the Panthers had, and then the Falcons were kind of struggling at that point in the season. I would think coming off that big Monday night win that that, that Georgia Dome's going to be rocking. Now, just a, a general unfair question for you: uh, We got these rookie quarterbacks with with you know Wentz and Dak Prescott. There's a big issue with Tony Romo in Dallas. Do you feel like if he keeps winning, Dak keeps winning, that they should kind of go with the Brady Bledsoe routine and keep Dak going, or, or you bring back the veteran Tony Romo to lead the team down the stretch of the season? Boy, I don't, I don't, I, I'd have a hard time replacing Dak Prescott. I mean, if, if he's going to be the man leading them the, the next, you know, two months, and and he's got them in good position, then I think that's his team. And I, I, I think we may have seen the last of Tony Romo. That's, I don't know, Jared. I, I, it's a hard call because I know Tony Romo's been a lot to that organization, but Dak Prescott is the future. I mean, look at what what Wentz is doing in Philadelphia. It's unbelievable. I mean. I thought, you know, during the pre-draft process, I, I did. I was on that Wednesday bandwagon. I thought he was a better quarterback than Goff, but nobody, nobody, myself included, would have expected him to be this good this quickly. Now, Joe, I talked to Steve Smith Sr. the other week, and 
he really got me excited. He uh, he's one guy I watched a, a long time in his career, and you get out to, to cover the guy every day at, up there in Charlotte. How is he to cover as for a media person like, like yourself? He was interesting, man. <laughs> you never know what you what he was going to say, and uh, he 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 kept things lively and. And and he'd come after you too. I don't mean physically, but if he you wrote something that he he didn't like, you were going to hear about it. I mean, he was he he'd try to uh, get in your ear, and and you know he he didn't he didn't mind who was around either. So, but he also but he also was as you well know very funny, very smart, interesting guy. You know, and, and I kind of wish the Panthers had one or two. They're losing all their best trash talkers the last couple of years. Uh, the, the guys that, that made our jobs easy. Uh, Josh Norman fell in that category too, and of course he's gone. So the, the Panthers are kind of their their locker room right now is is pretty quiet. There, there, there's nobody that's really in there yapping like back in the days when Steve Smith and Josh Norman uh, were, were were around. And final one for you, Joe, is this. George Dunn closes this year on January 1 against the Saints. What is your most fond memory of the Georgia Dome, which has a, only seven games left to go in its history? Well, you know what? I was in Georgia working for the Macon Telegraph, living in Atlanta from about 1997 to 2001. And, and I don't have to tell you during that span, I got to cover the Dirty Birds in '98. Oh yes, and uh, that was a whole lot of fun covering that team. You talk about a team that didn't care what they said or who it offended. I mean, Ray Buchanan, Jamal Anderson, Chuck Smith, all those guys—they were just—they'd shoot from the lips, so to speak. But but man, it, that that was that was one of the highlights of my sports writing career. Going, you know, it was a great run all the way up to, to that Miami Super Bowl, and of course the night before uh, the unfortunate thing with Eugene Robinson, who's now here with the Panthers as their color analyst for the radio broadcast. But that those years, that that '98 season at the Georgia Dome would certainly be my best memories of that of that building. That's crazy, Joe. I used to work in Macon. My first radio gig was out in Macon, man. So having to drive wow. from, from Stockbridge to Macon, but I still live in living in Stockbridge now. I still hate going up to the, up to the branch. That trip, just something about that trip, burns my soul, <laughs> man. I wish I was closer in town. <laughs> I know, man. Well, when I was covering the team, I was I was covering the Falcons when they made that move from Suwanee to Flowery Branch. I thought Suwanee was out in the sticks. Like that felt like a far drive. And then you got to add another 20 minutes onto it to go to flowery branch. So, uh, uh, yeah, I had a lot of good memories covering that team. There was a, a summer or two when we went up to Furman back, I guess when they were building the, the facility of flowery branch, they had training camp for a season or two with Dan Reeves up at Furman university. And that, that was good time going up to Greenville. Well, Joe, it's been great to have you on the show, man. I always like to read your work. Keep up with the Panthers, man. Look forward to seeing you Sunday at the Dome. And I look forward to a great game as well. Thanks so much for having me on, man. And uh, let, let's keep making uh, proud. Yes, indeed. Folks, Joe Person here on the Boss Man Show. Come up next, Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com.
visionary. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on facebook at academics and athletic consulting or twitter at coach t wheel 24 or instagram travis l williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Gerald of Boss Man Show. We have a great show for you today. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. We've had Joe Person and Charlotte Observer. But this is who I want to talk to today, people. This is who I want to talk to. Personally talk to. <laughs> the best. My man, the author and console, DallasCowboys.com, a site I look at every day. <laughs> this is my man with a new book out, Nick Eatman. Nick, how you doing, brother? Good to talk to you on the show finally, man. Man, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me big time. No doubt, man. I want to ask you, man. I I, I got your book, man. Uh, they sent it to me in the mail, and I really enjoyed it, man, about how, how the high school football, how you cover Baylor, and you cover the Cowboys, how Fire Series only in Texas is so special. Can you just tell me what inspired you to write this book, man? I really enjoyed it. I didn't know how deep it was with that access you had, man. Talk to us a little about yeah. the book, man. Well, when you're talking about inspiration, uh, you're going to laugh, but 
Um, I'm watching a TV show at 11 o'clock at night called Modern Family, and it's and it's a popular show, and it's about three families, and they're different, and they go back and forth and inter and kind of intertwine these these groups. And basically, I thought, you know what? That's how I want to write a book about Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. How three levels of football in Texas are very different, but yet they're very similar at the same time. And so that it, it kind of the TV show kind of inspired me to write it this way. And that's, you know, that's kind of, I just began the journey and that's where we are. Exactly. And you know what? I, I didn't really, I don't really follow high school football that, that much, but I didn't realize how big it was in Texas. And then I look at the star where there are teams playing games at the star complex, the Cowboys, I practice that now. So right. I'm like, wow, I didn't know how big it was in Texas, man. Cause it's not like that here in Georgia. So when did football Texas get that big man for the, on the high school level? You know, I, I think uh, that's a great question of how it, it got big. Now, you got to remember, now, people that are from Texas like us, there's that, that motto, everything's bigger in Texas. So mm-hmm. they, they feel like they gotta they got to outdo everyone. Now, I'll say this, in fairness to other, other places where there's some great high school football that's played in, in, in other states, a lot of states. Uh, passion-wise, I'm sure it's the same. Now, from, uh, from uh, investment and, and, and financial commitment, it seems like there's a little bit more of that in Texas. And it just kind of one just leads to another. All of a sudden, you got a high school uh, stadium that's built that's $60 million, and you're like, wow, state of the art. And then this uh, district feels like they've got to jump in. They've got to do that. So, um, you know, a funny story about that. Last year, the Cowboys, now before we moved to the Star, last year, the Cowboys, when it rained, they would call local high schools up that had an indoor facility, and we would go there to practice. Wow. So this, here's America's team that goes to an indoor facility from this high school or that high school, and and you know it, it's just kind of funny how you know you wouldn't you wouldn't expect the New York Yankees to go to a high school to to try to to you know help them out when it rained, but that's kind of that's just how big it is for Texas. Now now we got our own place, uh, a brand new facility. Um, obviously, you know high schools are coming here to play, like, like you said. Folks, we're joining Nick Eatman here on the Boston Man Show from DallasCowboys.com. He's the author, new book out Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Texas. Now, talk about Saturdays. Baylor and Art Browse, I mean, that offense he had was explosive, man. Art Browse seemed like a guy I want to talk to, real interesting guy with a lot of with a lot of substance, man. So how was it covering that team, you know, with Baylor, man? I feel like that could be a good guy to cover, man. Well, you know, obviously I, I, I consider myself a friend with him to him. Uh, I wrote uh, his uh, first book, which was my first book as well, called Looking Up, and that was three years ago. F- uh, formed a really good relationship. Now, obviously, unless you've been under a rock, everyone knows what was going on or, or has heard about what happened mm-hmm. uh, at Baylor last year. And that, and that was a challenge for the book as the season ended. And, 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 you know, then all of a sudden some things, the reports started coming out about uh, sexual assault cases and how Baylor handled it or did not handle it and ultimately cost Art Browse's job and, and, and some of the others, um, you know, the president and the, and the athletic director. That, that was a really tough challenge for the book to try to put a bow on this book and this season when all of these new things were coming out. But to answer your question about Art, great person, in my opinion, great guy, great football coach, and he'll be coaching again soon as far as, as I'm concerned. And, of course, you come with the Cowboys. You're there every day. If Valley Ranch down at the star, man. Talking to guys like Tony Romo and Wig and those guys, man. How is it to get to be around these guys 
every day. I know I'm with the Falcons pretty much every day, but it's not the same for me because I'm not really a, a Falcon fan or I'm not into them like that. But for being a man to go on the Cowboys like every day, man, how is it, man? And is the media really fair to Jerry Jones? I feel like he's a funny guy. He'll be good to be work with every day. How is he, man? Well, he yeah, he's a passionate guy. He's a very, very smart businessman. Uh, when it comes to marketing, you, you, know, you could call him a genius on what he's been able to do, and he's a visionary. Um, and he he he's able to see. Uh, he was. I mean, he, he's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame this year, and, and I think he's well respected around the league for for being somebody that 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 is very league oriented. You know, people might say, "Well, he's selfish. All he cares about the Cowboys." That's not true at all. And and, and a good reason for that, and a good example of that. Is way back in 1993, 94. Now he's got more money than anybody. He can he can buy all these players. He could be the New York Yankees or the Red Sox if he wanted to. He thought it was better for the league to to adopt free agency to to, to make it a, a lot of parity in the league, even though that hurt his team. And he hadn't won a Super Bowl really since free agency got going. But but as far as the league is concerned, better for that. No, so I, you know he he's just a, he he is a really good guy. Very busy. Got a lot going on. But but you know he 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 he's not going to stop trying to turn these rocks over and, and do his best to try to make the Cowboys a winner. It hasn't happened here lately. They've been rather mediocre, but it's certainly not uh, without lack of effort on his part. Now speaking of the high school football, I know I know they play college games there at AT T Stadium. Do they play high school games there as well? I used to do at Texas Stadium. They certainly do play uh, games there. Um, uh, not only some uh, playoff games, but a few regular seasons as well. And the state championship games on all levels um, are, are back at AT&T Stadium this year. Got you. And so, Nick, with this book, man, uh, do you think this will bring a bigger light on how in Texas it's three days a week, but it's really an all-year thing with Texas football because look at that book, man. I just didn't realize it was so passionate for football <laughs> all year long. Great, great question, really, because you, you, you're right. I've done a lot of these interviews, and no one's really said it that way. And, and you're right. It's a 365-day uh, job. I mean, they, they say it all the time about uh, a school like University of Texas. You know, the, the two biggest sports in Austin are football and spring football. You know, and then, and then after that, maybe basketball or whatever. But, I mean, that's just the way that it is, and it is 365 days a year. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it just kind of starts with – with, with um, the high school level. I'll say this. I, I covered these three teams thinking all of them were going to be pretty good in 2015. And as it turns out, Plano did not make the playoff, uh, which is a surprise. Baylor was made, you know, that they did, well, they won 10 games, but they didn't have the season we thought they were going to have high expectations. And the Cowboys coming off 12-4, and four, they, they went 4-12. and 12. So nobody had the season we thought they were going to have. But here's what I found out about Texas football is that Texas football is undefeated. Always has been, always will be. It's never going to lose. May have a bad season here and there, but these fans are going to keep coming back for more, hungry for the next season. Let's put this one away, put this to bed, and we're going to come back stronger next year. They, they don't give up on their teams. They don't give up on, on their, their sports, especially in high school, because you know what? It, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, you know, in, in the town, we, we might have our differences here. We might go to this church. You might go to that church. But I can tell you this, on Friday nights, I'm a tiger like you, or I'm a lion, or I'm an eagle, or whatever it is, just like you. And that, I think, was why football kind of bands everyone together. 
Exactly. I wish I could say it about here in, in the ATL area because, I mean, there's so many different, different schools here and so many people, like, jump off the bandwagon real quick. Fairweather fans, like, in the Georgia Dome, like, I can guarantee you Sunday, there will be more Panther fans there than there will be Falcon fans there. <laughs> you know, I can guarantee yeah. you that. And, uh, and you know what? I mean, and, and that's, just the, that's just kind of the state of technology, uh, honestly. I mean, that nowadays when you get transplanted to somewhere else, you get transplanted to to San Francisco. You don't have to be a 49er fan if you don't want to. You know, you've got websites. You, you've got the Sunday Direct TV, the Sunday Ticket, all that stuff. You can go and watch your team play. I think you're probably an example of that as well. You know, going to a different place, but staying with your with your NFL team as well. So you know, from an NFL level, it, it, it's normal to go on the road and see so many fans of the other team. Especially in Dallas, you know Dallas sees it a lot. It's an easy airport to get to, mm-hmm. right in the middle of the country. And it's a great stadium. You know, weather is never going to be a factor. So, you know, why not say, "Hey, our my Chargers are playing in Dallas. We're going to Dallas this year. Easy trip." And, and and that happens a lot. And that's why I think you see a lot of fans in Dallas. But you know, Cowboy fans travel as well. So that's just kind of the way it is. Nick, the most fun I've had is when last year at when the Falcons played the Cowboys, I came to the game with a Cowboy polo to work. And the Falcon player was like, why are you having a Cowboy polo? I've told you because I'm a Cowboy fan. In Tennessee, for the Titans, I had on a Cowboy polo at that game, working the game, because when I see my team, I'm on a, even though I'm working, I'm going to wear my polo and be biased. <laughs> I can't help it, you know? Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I like it. it's real fun, man. And I'm going to ask you, man, about the, about the team itself, man. We got that Prescott out there, man, playing well and really good. This week, Dez Bryant may be out. Now, when we see really how good Dak is this week without Dez Bryant to take two guys away and over for Cole Beasley, how do you think he'll do without Dez out there potentially this Sunday? Well, you know, that's something we're going to have to find out because last year, you know, the Cowboys were able to win a game without Dez or a couple games without Dez, and they were able to win at least just one game without without Tony but not without Tony and Dez. And I think that that's something that, that you know, we'll see this week. Dak Prescott, uh, you know, he, he's, he's played well. But when you have an all-pro receiver like Dez Bryant over there, it takes the pressure off. So it'll be real interesting to see what, what San Francisco does and how they want to attack it if, if Dez uh, doesn't end up playing. I saw him walking around the locker room today. You know, it, it's a tricky situation because, yeah, you say there's a fracture in his knee. That sounds bad. He certainly played with it, scored a touchdown. Um, if he if he does miss this game, it'll probably just be one game. But you know, I, I think that that, that they are better ha- uh, suited to handle this now. They run the ball a little bit better. Offensive line's good, and Dak just has something about him. He's just some charisma. He's just a winner. He just knows how to get the job done when the lights come on. No better example than taking Mississippi State, an average program for years putting it on the map, even making them number one in the country. He just knows how to win, rally a team. He sounds like a 10-year veteran. He plays like a five-year veteran, but yet he's humbled like a rookie because he says, I need to get better. This is Tony's team. I'm just trying to take care of it right now. I need to get better every single week. It's never perfect if you lose, and you know, and, and if you win, you know, there's always room to improve. So he says everything the right way. I, I think everybody, Cowboy fans, are really excited about him, and they should be. And, Nick, I think it's time for Bryce Butler to step up and Terrence Williams yeah. in a contract here because T. Will, to me, is losing money every game he goes out there. You know, I think it's time to see what he can do with Dez Bryant not being out there. 
Well, you know, he certainly does need to have a good year uh, and, and a good game this week if Dez isn't there. But, you know, it, it, he's last year he really didn't show he could be a number one. I don't think he's trying to be a number one receiver. I, don't, I think fans, teams around the league, they know that. They just want him to, to be able to, to make some plays when it's his time. And, and you're right about Bryce Butler. He's got speed. He can be explosive. They're going to have to utilize that and make people scared of his, uh, you know, the, the deep threat. You'll see a lot of Cole Beasley in this game as well, a lot of underneath stuff. But if the offensive line can push people back, push them back and run the football and, and stay in, you know, in the lead, I think it'll help Dak there. You might see Dak run the ball more in this game. That's what I'm thinking. This might be a way to spread it out more. You might see Dak do, do a lot of running. I got a couple more for you, Nick. Uh, I got one for the Dallas Cowboy defense. I'm shocked at how they played against Washington. I was very shocked, surprisingly shocked that they stepped, like they stepped up. Uh, still not much of a pass rush. Hope Demarcus Lawrence comes back and helps with that. Randy Gregory is out now 14 games. Would the Cowboy defense be able to sustain this throughout the year? Maybe like not just being but don't break and maybe get a little pass rush when it counts. How do you think about defense long hold up this year with Rodman and Nelly trying to push these guys every day in practice? Well, yeah, you know, the, the defensive pressure really uh, has not been there that much, and, and they're just trying to figure out ways at defensive end. You know, when you think about, you know, going into the year, you know, Demarcus Lawrence on one side, Randy Gregory on another, and, and it certainly hasn't, hasn't happened that way with both of them out. We found out today Gregory's going to be out now 10 more games, so he'll, he'll be out of a total of 14 games this year. Um, you know, that's, that's just an unfortunate thing for him. It's more important to get his life back together. But, but Demarcus Lawrence comes back, like you said, after this game. But they've had to move tackles out the end, and they're really not getting any explosiveness rushing the passer. So far, they haven't been hurt. But Aaron Rodgers is on this schedule in a couple of weeks. Even Cincinnati, Andy Dalton is going to be here next week. They haven't been tested, I don't think, with a great offense just yet. Washington tried. Uh, Kirk Cousins missed a few and, and you know, had a chance to really uh, put the game away. So I think the defense, it, it, it's a patchwork. It's a work in progress. The Cowboys need their offense to take the lead, get some points on the board to take pressure off the defense. And final question for you, Nick, is this last year of the Georgia Dome, Nick. We got one more year of it, seven more games to go. What has been your fondest moment of the Georgia Dome since you've been working in the NFL media circles? Well, it's got to be at the 50-yard line at the Georgia Dome, you know, with Dirty Birds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember what song that was, but – but it was back in the day. Um, Georgia Dome, man, he kind of put me on the spot. I know I have some memories there. Um, I'll say this. I, I, I remember in 2006, I believe it was. No, no, no. Forget that story. 2001. Here's, here's my favorite story with the Georgia Dome. We're watching the Cowboys taking on the Falcons. And we, it's the first game they started, Ryan Leach. Remember Ryan Leach? Yes, he I do. From the Chargers. Here we go. He starts his first game. And he'd had a, some wrist, a wrist injury, which is really the reason why he didn't, his career didn't really pan out. He could throw it, but then he lost, you know, the power in his wrist. Well, anyways, he's playing this game. He's got Joey Galloway streaking down the field, streaking down the field, throws this pass that hit probably two rows in the stand. Horrible throw. And so, you know, he's just, he's just like mad. He's banging his hand against his, his hip. And I'm like, God, he's kind of a loose cannon. I mean, just calm down. It's second down. But what had happened is his wrist popped out in the middle of the play. He was popping it back in on his hip pad uh, just to get his wrist back in. And they taped it up, and he finished the game. Of course, they didn't win. But 
another part about that, oh, by the way, was happened to be Michael Vick's first start for Atlanta on the other side. So one of those guys had a little better career than the other. I don't know why that stands out, but that's the memory I have from the Georgetown. I remember, Nick, I was in the end zone that game with my mother. I was 14 then. I do remember that day at the Georgia Dome. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, but I'd say the most. And, and an, yeah, go ahead, Nick. Another another game I remember it was about five years later, and I and I remember um, the Cowboys played it. Um, I mean, obviously played Atlanta, and it was like a Saturday night game, maybe. And, and of course, this, you know, Vic, Vic still playing and played well that game, but the Cowboys were able to win it, and it, and it clinched uh, uh, the, uh, the NFC East. For them and Bill Parcells, his his first you know championship there uh, with the Cowboys and Romo was the quarterback. I don't remember a whole lot more of that game, but I just know that they 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 walked around. They went home with NFC East champion hats uh, that night. But you know, not a lot of victories there for some reason. They just don't. It Mm-mm. didn't play well uh, there there in Atlanta. So nah. and, and, and never did. I can't believe that that place is, is done though. You know, because to me it still seemed like it was kind of. I mean, I'm not saying it looked new, but I just felt like, man, you know, I just kind of remember when it opened and exactly. Dion was there and he called it his house and all that stuff. But I guess it's time, you know, time to move on. Hey, Nick, uh, I played football there at Tennessee State in the Atlanta Classics. I'm going to miss that place, man. You know, I, I played four years there. Dominic Roger Camardi is one of my teammates. So when he plays the Cowboys, he always texts me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill your team. You know, I know that's your team. I'm going to kill them. You know, so so I'm going to miss that I place. I know this. So Tennessee State, is that right? Yes. I should know this. Is that where Tutal Jones played? Yes, it was. And Richard Dent. Okay. All right. Yes, Richard Dent. There you go. Yes, indeed. Wow. Defensive, I end, defensive end you right there. I will see them October 15th at homecoming. They'll be back for homecoming the weekend. So I'll see, I'll see them every That's homecoming. Great. Those are some great guys. That's it's been great. very important to me in my life, Nick. I, I'm a, I really great. love those two guys. And Claude Humphrey, too, paid for the Falcons. Also with Tennessee State. Sure. So. Sure. Man, that's a factory over there. That's good. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I tell, you, I tell you what, though, it's exciting times here in, in Dallas. You know, I'm, it, it, it's one of those things. That you know where the quarterback of the future is now. I think we know that. Where the question is, is when does the future become the present? And, and, and it's been really – it's been a long time since, we, you know, we could ever imagine life after Tony Romo. But we're kind of seeing it a little bit more. But we're a little closer to it than we've ever been. You're right about that. I'm hoping it's not until next year or the year after that. I, I love Tony Romo. Me and him are both o, OVC guys. When I see him, we always discuss the OVC, Eastern Illinois, Tennessee State. So for that bond me and him have, I really hope he plays a little bit longer. All right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that because I, I, I everybody I think know you know wants him to have some success, but. You know, you can kind of see the other side now, and that's exciting, too. Well, Nick, before you go, man, tell everybody here in Atlanta and, of course, our, our networks here in Savannah, uh, and, uh, down in Macon, Jacksonville, Birmingham, Nashville, tell people all along our networks what can they get your book from and where, how much it is and what all you can do, you're going to be doing for promotion with your book. Well, I, I appreciate you asking that. It's uh, uh, it'll, it's twenty six ninety nine hard, hardback. You can get it on uh, you, really anywhere books are sold. Not sure all the distribution levels in the store and how and how they're they're moving that out. Obviously, you know, being Texas in the title, it's more of a regional book from that standpoint. But I do think there's a phenomenon out there of people who are in the worldwide that that you know because everybody knows about high school football. They just don't know it maybe on a level of Texas. And so, uh, well, you know, what's going on down there in Texas? So I do think people all, all over the place 
um, uh, will be interested in it, hopefully at least. Uh, you can get it online at, at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, you can even go to uh, HarperCollins is the, uh, the publisher. You can go to HarperCollins.com and, and, and get whatever uh, avenue that you wanted. And, and I think we're getting close to Walmart and Target as well. But I know Amazon's your, your, your best spot right there. Somebody ordered that just two days ago and already got it in the mail. So to me, that's probably the best, best route. Well, Nick, and I appreciate anybody uh, that, that purchased it because, you know, I understand, you know, it, 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 money's tight all over the place. So uh, hopefully, you know, somebody has a chance to, to, to purchase that and, and, and get that uh, maybe for a gift for someone or for Christmas coming up. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. Well, Nick, I must tell you, man, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on this show. Like I told you, off the air, I've been following you since I was 12 years old, man, in 1999. <laughs> so you, you've been a part of my life for a long time. Yes, didn't even know it. You can talk to you on the air, man. It's been great. And I can't wait to see you down the road when I come to Dallas this year. Or if you or the Cowboys come to Atlanta next year, I'll see you soon one way or another, man. Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Hit me up on email if you can or social media, anything like that. All right. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. No problem, folks. Nick Eatman on the Boss Man Show. Come up next is the Boss Report after the break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at CoachTWheel24 or Instagram TravisLWilliams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it.
we back, we back at it, folks. It's the birthday boy with me for the boss report. What we had on a great show already. Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com, John McClain, Houston Chronicle, and we had Joe Person from Charlotte Observer. But now, like I told you, he's that back in Memphis. Came to see Kanye. Got in an agenda. I couldn't go. I was tired <laughs> as hell, but he made it happen, my man. <laughs> J.C. Smith. What's good, bro? Ooh, what's up? What's up, man? Boss, man. Hey, man. Appreciate the hospitality, man. The love you showed up there in Nashville, dog. You know, that was real, right? I appreciate that, man. We had a ball up there, bro. Kanye, you know what I'm saying, did his thing, man, with the, with the stage floating above the crowd and all that, man. And uh, went to the, the after spot, man. I, hey, I found a new spot I love more than donks, man. Agenda. <laughs> Agenda, bro. That is the spot right there, man. I love Nashville. No doubt. Hey, I, I must say, hey, we have somebody. This is something we talked about in the past, bro. We have six low-rated Waffle Houses for its cleaners in Nashville on the low-score list last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. Wow. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that something we can attest to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. Shout out to Waffle House, man. You know, in Nashville, they're on a whole nother level, bro. Not a good level, but they're on a whole nother level. <laughs> exactly. Hey, folks, look. You've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here for all Florida edition of the Boss Report. Hi. All right, bro. First story is this, bro. Florida woman arrested after throwing boiling water on her boyfriend for watching Married with Children rather than giving her some action. Hey, man. You know, shout out to Al Bundy, man. That was my show back in the day, bro. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And no, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, ma'am. Him and uh, him and his boy Griff. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, hey, man. You know, married with children is just that show, man. You know, when it come on, you know, you just put everything else to the side, man. But like, hey, 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 baby. You know, I'm gonna have to get up with you in 30 minutes. You know, after the show's over with, I can understand that. No doubt, and. Talked last week about teachers. Here we go. Florida teacher arrested after being caught receiving strokes from her student during a weekend midday matinee movie. Man, I right. in the movies. We we said week weekday like during school. Weekend midday matinee. Oh, weekend. Weekend, weekend, weekend midday movie. matinee still got caught. Damn. Okay. Okay. Hey, man, like I said, all these teachers, they bold now, bro. These teachers are bold, man. I'm just saying, where were they at, you know, back in our day, bro? Exactly. I mean, I want some of that action. I wouldn't tell nobody. I'll be happy to say tell nobody. For real. Man, I'll be getting all kind of A's and B's in class, bro. And kids don't even, wouldn't even know why. Exactly, man. And we got Florida man arrested after purposely dropping barbecue nachos down a woman's shirt so he could, quote, dive in and lick them things. Hey, man, that's actually not a bad concept, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's not a bad concept at all because I can actually picture myself doing something like that, man. You know, like, you would think that one of these, like, 
like restaurants, like a Hooters, uh, some type of bar or something like. You know what I'm saying? They would let you do something like that, man. You know, with for a little, you know, a little. You gotta pay a little bit extra for it. But yeah, you should be able to like put your favorite food on a uh, uh, chick's breast or something like that, right? And, and, and eat them off their breast. Like, I think that'd be a good idea, man. I think it would be, too. I, I'm down for that. I sure am down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, I'm probably no strip club or nothing like that. I never thought of that, man. Exactly. And, and this is something that's not what it could have been. And a Florida woman is arrested after throwing hot grits at her boyfriend after he refused to pleasure her due to, quote, dissatisfaction with her unsavory box smell. Hey, man, you know, you know, I'm a big, big proponent that, hey, man, the box gotta be in tip-top shape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's gotta, it's gotta be a, a, a very, very perfect box, man. You know, it can't be no, no creases, can't be crumpled. You know what I'm saying? It can't be torn. You know, got to be in good shape, man, and, and be able to fold at the seams. And, you know, it has to be taped. It has to be a, a, a perfectly taped box for me to do my thing, man. Any type of smell or odor, nah, we can't, can't do it, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to, hey, hey, baby, you got to get that shower up, man. And at least it was it's hot terrible. grits and not his junk being dismembered. There you go. Even though, you know, hot grits are, you know, High grit suck ass Al Green about that, but you know, like I said, I'd rather take high grit being thrown on me than getting my junk uh, cut off, you know, any day. Exactly. And a Florida man is arrested after beating the hell out of Chick fil A staff and peeing on top of the checkout counter after they got his order wrong on multiple occasions. Oh, hell no, you can't cut up like that on Chick fil A. First of all, First of all, do you know how hard it is for folks to get jobs at Chick-fil-A? Like, they go through a real live screening process. Like, it's like kids, they have to write essays to get jobs at Chick-fil-A. And that's why normally the service is so good. Like, when's the last time you were at Chick-fil-A you got bad service? There's never been a time. There's never been a time you go to Chick-fil-A and you ever get bad service. They always be on point, man. So, obviously, there's something wrong with dudes. You know what I'm saying? For him to act a fool like that. Because those folks in Chick-fil-A, they are, they are angels, okay? <laughs> they are customer service angels. All right? They never do anything wrong with shot Chick-fil-A, man. I wish they were open on Sunday. That's the only thing I got to say. Exactly. I don't know what the, I mean, he beat, look here, bro. He beat up the whole entire nine-man staff. Wow. <laughs> he tripped wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that at McDonald's or Wendy's or something. They go clap back. They go clap back on. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh-oh, this ain't good. Florida teacher arrested and fired after biting off students' junk after catching him cheating on her with a chick in the custodial closet. Oh, man. Like, man, you know, you got to be a real crazy ass person to ever do shit like that you know what I'm saying as far as uh biting out somebody just leave, leave that whole area alone man you don't, you don't mess with that nah I told you it's a special place to hell for people that do stuff like that man it really is exactly and I feel bad for that young man over, over before he even got started for him you know cause it's crazy yeah man it's messed up man and 
Now, a Florida man arrested after busting caps in neighborhood after someone destroyed his treehouse hangout spot with Pokemon Go buddies. And how old is a grown man? <laughs> yes, grown Yes. Wow, what is this? Remember, what is this, the movie, uh, The Sandlot? <laughs> what, what is this? Come on, man. Yeah, man, there's so many things wrong with that story, man. Grown-ass man, treehouse, and Pokemon Go. I'm so sick of damn Pokemon Go. I don't know what to do with myself, bro. Exactly. It should have been dead, man. Yeah, it's man. Coming back for more. And this story right here kind of funny. Florida man arrested after rock bottoming pastor and deacons doing fellowship portion of service after some slick talk went down in the morning business meeting. Man, how great would life be, man, if you could, if you could rock bottom folks you don't like, man, and get away with it. Exactly. Oh, man, what a wonderful world this would be, man. My son, he's a big... He's a big uh, wrestling fan, man. He tries to rock bottom, RKO me all the time, man. But yeah, like, come on, man. Like, you should, we should have a moment out of the day where you can, you can just rock bottom just one person, man. Anybody get on your nerves, anybody you got beef with, you should be able to just walk up on rock bottom, man. Whatever, no matter fact, whatever wrestling move you want to do that person, it should be within the law. I agree, and I feel like there's a few people in Memphis that I owe a rock bottom to. Seriously. <laughs> we, yeah, no, no need to mention no name. I already know. <laughs> exactly. And I think that this woman's be beat rock bottom, too, as well. Florida woman arrested after cutting off husband Johnson while he slept after he came home four hours late for watching the Tennessee and Florida game. I have, it's a, I mean, this is what, three stories before folks junk getting cut off, ripped off, and all that? Yes. Oh, man, it's an epidemic. Three, three, three stories, yes. Man, man, talk about Black Lives Matter, man. Johnson, Johnson Lives Matter, dog. This is crazy. I mean, I mean, why is that even a thing? Like, why do you react with cut off the man's Johnson? I have no idea, dog. That's, that's ridiculous, man. Like, she should be locked away forever. For life, and then when she died, lock her up again. You know what I'm saying? Lock her up in the afterlife. Like, that, there is no reason for her to live. Anybody to live if they could do something that heinous, that cruel. No matter what, what somebody did to you, man, it should never be a point. There's two things that you should never do to a person. You should never spill, spill on the person, and ladies, you should never cut off a man's John. That's just something you don't do, man. It should never come to that. You know what I'm saying? Just walk away, leave. You know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, three stories about Johnson's being dismembered. That's terrible. Oh, man. Man, this world's coming to an end tonight. I'm telling you, man. It's crazy. Hey, Florida woman arrested after burning salon patrons' breast and hair off with a blackened mile. Hmm. <laughs> Like, what type of hood salon was this, man? Black and mild. Really? <laughs> really? Wow. Wow. And we're, it's happening in Florida also? Yeah, all these are Florida. It's all Florida. Man, hey, man. Hey, man. Man, you can make, you can make a killing off of Florida, bro. All these, all these stories, man. I'm telling you, man. You need to get you a podcast and just broadcast in Florida, man. I bet you make a killing down there, bro. 
Exactly. And it's a terrible story. Florida man arrested after pouring a cup of his freshly squeezed semen on a woman at local Panera Bread said, quote, I wanted her to get the real dessert from me. <laughs> hey, man, you know, they got the Panera Bread, it was like sandwich shops, they got the special sauce and everything, you know, he's just trying to give a little special sauce, man. You know, a little little extra honey Dijon mustard, you know, on the uh, on the sandwich there, bro, that's all. Exactly, I mean... It, it was perverted, but it, I, I see where he was coming from. I kind of see hey. his, his motive and his thought processes there. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man. You want to give a little extra mayonnaise, huh? This is another one. Crazy. Florida man is arrested after pushing baby being breastfed out the way on the bus stop. So, quote, he can get him some of that milk, too. Uh, I, I can relate. You know what I'm saying? You know, my son was born and everything. You know, it, a babies, babies make make breastfeeding look so good. You know what I'm saying? You like man, seeing the way they going to town on you, like man, I, I got, you get a little jealous. You know, you get a little jealous, man. You know, you get a little jealous of your little man, and you know, cause they used to be my kid. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hey man, back back out. You're on my kid right now. Back up, bro. Exactly. So I feel you. I feel you. And- this story is based in Florida right here. Florida woman arrested after making up a story of kidnapping so to see how much her boyfriend cared for her. Wow. Man, what type of pathetic, lonely-ass, <laughs> low-self-esteem chick is this, man? Really? Really? She ain't got nothing else better to do, man. Not at all. I see. And this story is kind of enterprising to a degree. Florida woman's arrested after being caught on dash cam hiding weed in her daughter's lunchbox during traffic stop. Hey, that's, that's Greg Hardy, ain't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, man, you know, people panic. You know, they they think they can hide stuff that no one will ever find it, man. Um but yeah, like I'm sure I'm sure it's happened in uh, more places than just Florida. Though. I'm pretty sure it's a common occurrence all across the country there. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, little dog takes that lunch lunchbox of food one day, you know, pulls it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, know, you just you just never know, man. But yeah, like that, that's a panic move right there. And final story for you, boy, is this. Florida woman is arrested after calling in a bomb threat to prevent her boyfriend's urine test. Uh, <laughs> All right, so she was, wait a minute, so she was trying to help him, right? Yeah, help him, yeah. She called in a bomb oh, threat, being up. She going to jail to prevent it. Shit. All right, man. Hey, you know what? That's a ride that shit, man. I like that. She knew he was going to fail a drug test. You know what I'm saying? So she, you know what? She went one step, one step beyond, one step above. She helped, up, she helped my guy out. That's what you're supposed to do in relationship. You're supposed to do things like that, man. You know, you know, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta go to jail. Just go to jail for a minute. You know, that, that way I know you're real. You know, want my, want my woman to do the same thing for me, man. Exactly, now, bro. It's been a, a boss report of all Florida stories. What is your take on tonight's report with all Florida stories being on deck? Man, I tell you, man, Florida, hey, they, they hold a special place in my heart, man. They really do. You know, they, they wildin' down there, man. Like I said, I'm 
terrified of Florida and these stories have made me even, even more terrified. I'm even more scared to ever go to Florida. Even Miami? All right, I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make it. I'll make it a set for Miami, but no place else. I ain't going nowhere else in Florida. You wouldn't go to a Jaguar or Bucks game? Hell no. Uh-uh. You just asking for trouble. Go win this game. Uh-uh. <laughs> I feel you, bro. So, bro, what's, what's, what's going on? Mush out this weekend. You all still going with the Friday night karaoke? You got up any watch hey, party? What's going on, man? Hey, man. You know party don't stop man the mirror mug shots man five for one each and every friday karaoke friday how we do the liveest party spot in the city man if you're in the city if you're here in memphis this weekend man looking for something to do coming out the mug shots 8014 club center drive look me up on facebook man if you need more details your boy johnson c smith on on facebook on twitter at jc smith 926 and then Boss man knows how to get in contact with me. You can get in, you holler at boss man. Boss man send you my way, and we're going to make it happen, baby. Exactly. And, bro, before you go, I want to tell you, we have requested an uh, interview with uh, Teacher Bay for next week. So Teacher Bay. So we, I'm in there. <laughs> so we, and you may be available for that interview next week, brother. <laughs> bro, I will be available whatever time. If it's 4 in the morning, if you need me. To facilitate that interview, I will definitely be available. Okay, just let me know. I love me to teach you, buddy. No doubt, folks. This is we boss reporting on the Boss Man Show. We out. And if it's old, it's old, it's old. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focusing on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, 
and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind. ENT. Believe in it. Get it.